you will please turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 1. This is Paul's epistle, his pastoral letter to the church in Philippi. If you don't have a Bible, there should be some in the chairs in front of you, and we're on page 980. May I just say it's a privilege to open up God's Word to you this morning. Our passage of study will really be toward the end of verse 18. You'll notice in your Bibles kind of break out verse 18 in the sentence structure there. So we'll be in the end of 18 through verse 26. Still in the beginning point here of Paul's letter to the Philippians. This is God's holy word to us this morning. Yes, I will rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ. And to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to part depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Amen. This is God's holy word. Let's pray and ask him to bless our study of it. Father, we thank you for your word that is good, that is true, it gives us everything we need for life and for godliness. And so, Lord, may this instruction to your church in Philippi many, many years ago, Lord, may it be truth for us, your people, your church today. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. How many of you like to play Bible trivia? You know, or really just any trivia, but do you like... Bible trivia. Perhaps you grew up playing Bible trivia. I know that many of our children do some Bible trivia in their Sunday school classes from time to time. I like to play Bible trivia, but sometimes I always hope when I'm playing Bible trivia, even though I'm a pastor, I kind of hope I get some of those easy ones sometimes, you know? Like, uh, name the shortest verse in the Bible. Can you do that one? You know, Jesus wept. John John 13, 35. I got 11, 35. I got that one. But there's some other really short verses in the Bible you need to know for your Bible trivia. And some of these short Bible verses, they're chock full of profound meaning and gospel truth that we need to know and to apply. And one one such verse is found today in our passage here in Philippians chapter 1. It's a verse that I would encourage you to commit to memory. You could do that even this morning. It's a verse that's worthy of our meditation this morning and really every day. That verse is there in Philippians 1.21 where Paul famously states, 
For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. And so here it is at the beginning. We're still in the beginning of Paul's letter to the Philippians. And this statement here is embedded that is, that is most concise and precise statement on the, the Christian life. It's a, it's a proverb that every believer in Christ ought to know and to make their mission statement in life. He simply says, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. And so may the Holy Spirit help us as we meditate on this important truth this morning for the Christian life. So if someone were to ask you, what is Christianity? Define for me Christianity. How would you do that? How would you define Christianity? Many of us might go straight to describing the the great moral benefits of our holy religion and its robust history throughout the world and history. Some might define Christianity by explaining the role of the church and the good that it has had in society. Other naysayers might simply say that Christianity is simply a man-made institution created to control people. But are any of these how we really should define Christianity? Well, I believe here that Philippians 1.21 helps us get right to the heart of the matter, helps us to give us this concise and clear and appropriate definition. What is Christianity? Christianity is about a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Christianity is. It's about a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. The late John Stott famously stated in his book, Basic Christianity, said the person and work of Christ are the foundation rock upon which the Christian religion is built. Take Christ away from Christianity and you disembowel it. There's practically nothing left. Christ is the center of Christianity. All else is circumference. So what is Christianity? How could we again simply define it? We could say that Christianity is faith in the person and work of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the King and Savior of the world. That's what Christianity is. But we know that today this definition is in danger of being lost. It's being redefined, even by the liberal church in some ways. And it's being redefined in the most subtle and and really subversive ways. For instance, you might hear some say that, that Christianity is all about love. And it's because God is love. And therefore, all forms of love are valid, no matter what theological or moral position that you hold. It all relates to love. Everything must bow down to love. Well, that sentiment sounds nice, but it's not entirely true. Because the scriptures teach us that every knee should bow and every tongue confess, not to love, but to the Lord Jesus Christ, who is all in all. Others might say that Christianity is about doing good. And as long as we're doing good all the time, then it must be Christians. But even the non-Christians do good in society and bless this world with their good deeds. 
Bible-believing Christians, though, we must be absolutely clear in our theology about what Christianity is. And it's about Christ. Christ alone, our hope is found. James Montgomery Boyce once said, Christianity is a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing about Christianity will be rightly understood until there is faith in Christ and a personal relationship with him. This is the truth that the Apostle Paul wanted to communicate to the church at Philippi in his letter to them. This is the truth that brought him great joy even while he was in prison writing these things. This is the truth that caused him to glory in Christ Jesus, he says in this passage. And this is the truth that we need to understand this morning. It's all about Jesus. We make much of Jesus. We must make it our life's mission to know Jesus more and more every day, as that great hymn says, Oh, for grace to trust Him, to love Him more and more and more. The mission of the Apostles Paul's life, he states it here in this passage, whether in life and death, was to know Christ Jesus and to make him known. And may that be our mission. May that be our life's purpose. To know Christ and to love him more and more every day and one day be with him forever. And so let's look at this mission that the Apostle Paul lays out here more closely in this passage by observing three truths about our holy religion. Three truths about Christianity. The first is Christ is life. The second, Christ is death, in death. The third, Christ, our progress and joy. Let's look at this first. Christ our life, Christ in life, he says in verse 21. That's the very first part of this short mission statement in verse 21 where he simply says, to live is Christ. What exactly does that mean? That's, that's very short, <laughs> somewhat unexplained here. What does the Apostle Paul mean, to live is Christ? Let's unpack that truth with a couple of other statements that the Apostle Paul uses in other places throughout the New Testament. The first is that verse that was printed in your bulletin, our meditation for worship, Galatians 2.20, where he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me, And gave himself up for me. And then again, he testifies in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. He says, But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus Christ to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. I think we begin to see now what Paul means when he says to live as Christ. He means that his life is worth nothing. He considers his life to have no value, no meaning, no purpose, no joy. 
except for knowing Christ and making Him known. Living, him, living His life for the Lord Jesus Christ who loved Him and gave Himself up for Him. And so in these verses, we see Paul very clearly stating that he did not want to take another breath. He didn't want to live another day if, it, if he doesn't get the chance to make Christ known and know him more and more every day. And so for Paul and for us, I think living for Jesus, to know Christ, Christ's life, means at least three things. More, but at least three. The first is we believe in him. The second would be that we seek to know him. The third, that we would follow him as his disciple. Let's look at those a little bit. To live as Christ, the first means that you believe in him. You believe in him. You put your faith and trust in Jesus. This is actually the second question of our membership vows here at Cornerstone Presbyterian Church. Do you Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of God and Savior of sinners? And do you receive and rest upon Him alone for salvation as He is offered in the gospel? Do you? To live as Christ means to believe in Him. Secondly, living for Christ means that you seek to know Him. You believe that He was a real person. You believe that you can have a relationship with Him just like you can your mother or father. Or your friend, or your sibling. You seek to know him. You want to know about his teachings. You want to apply his teachings to your life. You want to learn from him. You want, you, want to, you want to study his word. You want to grow in your relationship with him. But then also, the living for Christ means that you follow him. You're his disciple, he's your teacher. In ancient times, a, a rabbi, a great teacher of the law, he would have followers, he would have disciples who would literally walk behind this great teacher anywhere he would go. And we actually see this modeled in the New Testament where the apostles and the disciples would follow Jesus through great crowds. He would sometimes lead them into quiet gardens to pray. And then ultimately he led them to a cross where he would die. He would demonstrate his life's mission to them. And so to live as Christ means we believe in him, we live for him, we follow him as his disciple. This, it means that our life's purpose is to know Christ and to make him known. This truth does not mean that we, that we never think about anything or anyone else. It just means that first and foremost, our lives belong to Christ. He is ours, and we are His. All that we are, all that, we, that I am, belongs to Jesus. To live is Christ. But then, Paul has a second part of this very short statement where he says, to die is gain. That's kind of odd say? It doesn't really tickle our modern ears. Why would anyone say that to die is gain? Well, some people have little regard for life and a poor theology of what it means to die, and this can lead to all sorts of 
evils like abortion and euthanasia. But also, Christians can sometimes have a poor theology of death, meaning we can can live our lives as if there's no purpose to our death. But we're all going to die one day. Did everybody know that? (laughs) Just just to be clear, (laughs) we're all going to die one day. No one is immortal. No one will live forever on this earth. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. But for the Christian, we believe that there is life after death, a good life. We believe that there's actually something to be gained upon death. It's it's the ultimate lottery ticket. (laughs) It's the ultimate good news. Now, why would Paul speak of death to the Philippians in this context. Why would he say to die is gain? Well, remember the Apostle Paul, when he wrote Philippians, he was in prison in Rome. And we're not exactly sure what the charge against him was, but he was charged for breaking some law and he was imprisoned, chained to a Roman guard. And whatever his charge was, it it actually earned him a hearing before Caesar. Paul was a Roman citizen, so he appealed before Caesar to stand trial, to make his case known. And at this point, he he didn't know what the verdict was going to be that was going to be handed down. He didn't know if he was going to be beaten more or tortured or placed in even more brutal confinement or possibly even be put to death for his crime. He didn't know. He knew that in the coming weeks and months, he would either be released from prison and he could go about his ministry and his daily life and making Jesus known, or he might be put to death. So if it was death, that didn't scare Paul. Why? Why was he not scared of death? Because if God called him home, if death was imminent for Paul then for him, this was far better because he knew that as soon as he breathed his last breath on this earth, he would wake in heaven and be with Christ forever. And he says, that is far better. That is gain. What about you? What's your theology of death? Are you afraid of death? Are you worried about dying? Do you live your life as if the only thing that matters is your time on this earth and and all your stuff? Or do you see that there's something to be gained beyond this life and this world that is far better? The truth that we must grasp about Christianity is is that if you are in Christ, death is gain. Because being with Christ in heaven means a lot of good stuff. It means no more sin, no more sorrow, no more death for you. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that far better? To be with Christ and to know more, no more suffering or pain or hurt. 
Isn't that good news? This does not mean that we don't value this life. We do. Again, good theology teaches us that we do value our life here on this earth because this is where God has called us. We're all called to be here and live this life and do what God has called us to do. And so God has designed our time on this earth to build his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And so that's why we must live every day to the glory of God for his good and his glory and to know Jesus and to make him known. But while we're busy living and glorifying God, we we have an eye toward the end. There's a goal in mind, and that is that dying is gain, that there is an ultimate reward beyond this life. Another key to understanding Paul's ultimate reward of death For the believer in Christ is in verse 19 when he speaks about his deliverance. Look at that in verse 19. He was was thankful that God was going to bring him deliverance. And he knew that was going to happen because the prayers of the church in Philippi and also the help of the Holy Spirit coming to help to his aid. But some think that Paul's talking about his deliverance from prison. That he would be given an innocent verdict by Caesar and that He would be released from prison, but actually the Greek word used for deliverance means something a lot more there. It's the word soteria, and this word is often translated salvation. Actually, it's most often translated salvation. And so when Paul speaks of his deliverance, he's actually speaking of his salvation. And when he is speaking of his salvation here, what he is speaking of is that final comprehensive salvation, the ultimate victory, freedom, salvation from sin and death, where he is with Christ forever. So Paul lives his life very balanced here, doesn't he? To live as Christ, but to die as gain, he, he looks ahead. He understands that being in Christ means that even in death, there is great joy. Matthew Henry stated this, In this world, we are compassed with sin. But when with Christ, we shall escape sin and temptation, sorrow and death forever. To die is gain. That is what the Apostle Paul said in his latter years. You know, he must have shared that same sentiment that many of our brothers and sisters in Christ have shared when they have walked this earth for many, many, many years, perhaps 90 to 100 years. And I love meeting with these brothers and sisters and hearing them talk about life. But they all say the same thing. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to go be with the Lord. Because they begin to know that to die is gain. Because they get to be with Jesus and know perfect peace and perfect rest and perfect salvation to see their Lord and Savior face to face. May we all know that to die is gain. The last thing Paul speaks about the Christian life 
He prays and he encourages the Philippians here that Christ, that the Christian life would be about growing. It would be about gaining joy. Christ, our progress and joy, he says there at the end of this passage. Amidst the tension of life and death, Paul tells the brothers and sisters that he believed that even though to die is gain, and even though his situation wasn't that great in prison, he seemed to believe that God had indicated to him that he would go on living because there was still fruitful ministry ahead for him. And part of that fruitful ministry was he wanted to continue to pastor the Philippian Christians in their walk with Christ. He wanted to see them progress in the Christian life and to grow in their relationship with Christ and to, and to know more joy. Key theme in Philippians. That is why the Christian life is, about, is, is all about that. It's about growth and growing in joy, knowing joy, knowing a happiness that surpasses all understanding in Christ Jesus our Lord. And to grow in joy means to understand that life will only make sense, life will only have meaning, we will only be truly happy when we know Jesus Christ. And we grow in him and grow closer to him more and more every day. This is what it means to live as Christ. Children, I want to speak to you for a minute. This is an important truth that you need to know. You know, we want to teach you about God. We want you to learn about the Bible. We want you to learn those great stories in the Scripture. And to believe them and know them and to, and to love the church and to be a part of the church. But there's something that's above all this that I want you to know as your pastor and that your parents want you to know. And that is that the most important thing is for you to know Jesus Christ. For you to love him. Because that's what it means to be a Christian. It means to know Jesus and to love him. But that truth's not just for children, is it? It's for all of us. The more we learn the heartbeat of this message, that to live is Christ and to die is gain, the more we'll begin to make a difference in this world. The more we'll begin to make a difference in our families, in our workplace, in our schools, because in that truth, we're thinking more about Christ and serving him and, and less about ourselves. Because the last thing this world needs is more me monsters. You know what a me monster is, right? Me, 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 I, 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 I. <laughs> we need more folks who know Jesus and want to make him known. A big movement in the corporate world, and even in the church world over the past 20 or 30 years, is... All the gurus are saying, you got to have a mission statement. Okay, you gotta have a, you got to have a purpose statement. That's how you, that's how you rally uh, your troops. That's how you, you get your employees focused. Uh, that's how you know who you are, where you're going, and how you can influence your customer base. you got to have a mission statement, right? But what about a mission statement for individuals? Do you have a, a mission statement? Do you have a purpose your life? 
Why not adopt the Apostle Paul's here? Very short, very sweet. To live is Christ. And to die is gain. What a great statement about the Christian life. What a, what a great purpose that we can all have for our lives. Let me close by reading some of John Calvin's comments on these words from the Apostle Paul. He states, Paul declares that he is indifferent. All is one. Whether he lives or dies, because having Christ, he reckons both to be gain. And assuredly, it is Christ alone that makes us happy both in death and in life. Otherwise, if death is miserable, life is in no degree happier so that it is difficult to determine whether it is more advantageous to live or to die out of Christ. On the other hand, let Christ be with us, and he will bless our life as well as our death, so that both will be happy and desirable for us. To live is Christ, and to die is gain. May God help us to rejoice and live in this truth. Let's pray. Lord, we have messages and advertisements coming at us every day telling us about what is most important in life. We're told to live for ourselves. We're told to get more stuff. We're told to go on more vacations. Uh, Lord, we're told to just worry about ourselves. Lord, we're told everything different from what we've just studied and read. And so, Lord, we pray that you would change our hearts, that you would help us to take our minds and our eyes off of ourselves and to fix them on Christ. And, Lord, would you help us to be able to say with the Apostle Paul that to live is Christ. To die is gain. Lord, may we be able to say that our lives are worth nothing if we do not live for Christ. Lord, help us to say with Paul that we've been crucified with Christ. We no longer live for ourselves, but we live for him who lived and died for us. We thank you for our Savior who set this example for us. We thank you for Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust him more. We pray in his name. Amen.